we have oh, added. No, don't do that. You're making that face. No, we've added. <laughs> <laughs> Fix your face. We added a new country. Why does your face look like that? What? We've added a new country? Yeah. What's that you say? <laughs> Is it one so, of the stands? No. <laughs> That's it. Two you're seconds in and you're done. Story. Okay. Um, we added uh-huh. li- listener in Norfolk Island. Is that a country? It is. Where is it? It's off the coast of Australia. Oh, shout out to listener. Must so, be lost. <laughs> <laughs> so, hello, listener. Hi out there in Norfolk Island. Welcome, welcome. And uh, just a just a reminder, those of you in Iceland. I still think you can take the U.S., but you're going to have to up your game. You think that we need more Icelandic listeners? I think we need more Icelandic listeners because U.S. still has a few percent more. I think Iceland, you can take them. I think we need to lean into our Gimli audience (laughs) who can influence their Icelandic relations. (laughs) Yeah, and Lundar. Lundar? Mm -hmm. Are there a lot of Icelandics in Lundar? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Are there not? <laughs> I've never been to London. There are. Okay. Take my word for it. Okay. Cue the music. Cue the music. Cue the music. Cue the music. <laughs> sounds so defeated. Cue the medley. music. You get a, cue, a music cueing medley. Who knows if that's even going to be our cold open. And I'm Rebecca. And this is Made From What's Left, where we're always right. (laughs) Oof, a lot has happened since we were here last. So many things. Can I start with some uh, notables? Notable events? Yeah. This is like uh, current events, but they're not current anymore. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Provincial election. Yep. We have new leadership. We do. I can no longer say that you have not taken me to a Jets game. That's true. It has happened. It has it was, officially. It wasn't even a real game. No, that was what I found out after the fact. <laughs> you have never taken me <laughs> to a regular to season. a regular season game. Well, we have something to aspire to. That's true. Um, also, that game broke my streak. Oh, yeah. You're a good luck charm or something? I'm a good luck charm because they have never lost when I've been in attendance. We tried the new food and beverage options at Canada Life Centre. Yeah. I still don't want to call it that. I just want to call it the arena. Mm-hmm. At the arena. At the jet at the home of the Jets. At the home of the Jets. At the home of our Winnipeg, Winnipeg Jets. Jets. Uh we had craft beer. We did. We had uh local Canada. craft beer. Local craft beer. We had Trans Canada. We had uh the people from down the way. Oh Kilter. Kilter and Trans Canada. Down the way. That's that way. Y W G Burger. You know, for a preseason event, <laughs> they're still working out some kinks. And they're, you know, trying out some new folks on the ice. Mm-hmm. We had a, a delicious burger, but mine was missing some crucial ingredients. Oh, yeah. That's right, too. I had the Winnipeg Social Burger, or the Manitoba yeah. Social Burger. I don't know. You had the Social Burger. It was supposed to have a pierogi, a kubasa, and a pickle on the top. Right. None of the above appeared on my burger. But it did have a slice of ham. Yeah. So there's that. Um, and you had the nip, but we, we filmed, we filmed you doing a burger review. Yeah. In the style of Richard Curran. Are we, 
you going to show anyone that? No, never. That's secret. <laughs> that is, okay. That's blackmail Maybe when material. We, when we have you a hang pa- on to that. <laughs> when we have a Patreon, we'll make that uh, Patreon material. Um, I'm going to share a picture to the uh, the socials at Made From Pod of us enjoying said Let's see said this game. picture. You've seen I'm it. I'm not sure you've taken one I would approve. Oh, boy. Well, I look nice. So here's the deal. No, but wait. So then I had the nip. You had the nip, which was not nip-like, but delicious. It was a very good burger. It was not nip-like. No. But. It was a it, had, meaty, it was oniony. It was a meaty burger. It was a meaty burger. It was oniony. Yeah. So we'll give it that. Um, the fries and onion rings, me. Not the best night. Oh, yeah. We but. Kind of got- we got the bottom of the barrel there. I was so happy to have my beer. It didn't matter. <laughs> and you wanted to see your Winnipeg, Winnipeg Jets. Jets. Can I uh, tell you what else has happened? Yeah. Since we were here More last. things. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Winnipeg Jets players have picked their goal songs <gasps> for the 2023-2024 season. And? There are some standouts. Um... Apparently Elton John is playing on the team now. Oh, no. Brendan Dillon has chosen an Elton John song. <laughs> uh, there's some some questionable ones. Uh, Nate Schmidt has Party Rock Anthem. Okay. That's a solid choice. Yeah. Uh, Mark Shuffley. Ain't no mountain high enough. <laughs> Hang on. Did I say Shuffley? What? Shifley. Shifles. Shifts. <laughs> I'm not even Should I try gonna, that again? I'm not even going to correct you. <laughs> How about Nino Niederreiter? Hey, you did better on that than you did on Shifley. Did I do okay with that one? He picked yeah. Disco Inferno. So no, burn, no. baby, burn. Uh, Gabe Villardi has chosen the Macarena. No doubt to get oh. a crowd response for that one. Mm, I cannot abide. Um, and my favorite, Adam Lowry, yeah. has chosen Little Boo Thang by Paul Russell. That doesn't jump to mind. You don't know the song? No. You're my little boo thing. I don't care about your what your dude says. You know, it's like a two-minute song. It's popular on TikTok. Okay. The That's crowd's going to go wild. The TikTok crowd is going to go wild. All right. I'm looking forward to it. Does right uh, Lowry score any goals, generally? Uh, yeah. Okay. You yeah. might hear it this year, then. Lowry is our captain. Right. And he signed the back of my uh, brand new jersey. That's right. Your uh, underoos jersey. <laughs> What's that one called? It's a heritage moment jersey. <laughs> you know what they should have done with that jersey, though? What? Is put like a vintage logo mm-hmm. on the vintage looking jersey. Yeah. Rather than the newer logo on the oldest jersey. I agree. Right? I'm with you on that. I have a thing about old things on new things and new things on old things. <laughs> which brings me to today's topic. Ghost signs. Ah. <laughs> Old things on old things. How's that for a segue? That was a good segue. Um, we should mention as well that this is our Halloween episode. Spooky episode. Spooky. It'll air right after Halloween. Which kind of means the ship sailed, but whatever. But you know what? People have a, a lot of spooking to do. Yeah. And they could always use a little bit more. So uh, we encourage a listener to get half price candy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And settle in for a spooky ghost signs episode. Do you want a fun fact? Yeah. Winnipeg has one of the densest collections of ghost signs in North America. Wow. We have about 150 ghost signs within a 20 block area. Cool. And I think we walked about a five block area. If that. And saw maybe... 10? No, maybe a couple dozen. 15? 
Oh, a couple dozen. Yeah. yeah like, I think I think like, we saw a couple dozen. There are on our ghost so hunting, many ghost sign hunting tour of tours. What were we calling that day? We were sign hunters. <laughs> were we? Well, did you just make that up? Ghost you... sign busters? Who are you going to call? <laughs> the suspicious lettering on the side of your building. Who are you going to call? <laughs> Us. <laughs> Us. Us. <laughs> Lacking in Pete impact. and Rebecca. <laughs> um, yeah. So we went on our own little tour. Yeah, we took a tour. Unguided. That's right. Although uh, we'll talk in this episode about guided tours that are available. Yeah. Kind of, sort of. Um, for young Rebecca's benefit, do we want to give a definition of a ghost sign? Yeah. Let's do it. A ghost sign mm-hmm. is an old hand-painted advertising sign for a business or product that no longer exists or no longer exists in that location that has been preserved on a building for an extended period of time. The sign may be kept for its nostalgic appeal or simply indifference by the owner. <laughs> Where did you get this definition? Wikipedia? You betcha. I got this on the okay. Googles. Good. That's what I got too. Um, and there are a couple actual really good ghost sign blogs on the internet. There are. Now, before we leave definitions, uh-huh. do we want to talk about palimpsests? Mm, we can later. Oh, all right. Yep. All right. Good. I'll call good. on you to describe to define palimpsests. 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 Meter writer. <laughs> we are learning to pronounce. <laughs> um, so the thing about the ghost signs, retouching them is highly controversial. Mm, I actually have something about that. Were you reading the Ghost Signs and Roadsides blog? I was not. I actually reached out to our heritage planner. As one does. To ask her uh, some questions about them. And uh, do you want to touch on that now? Well, yeah. Let's talk about a little of the controversy. Okay. Um, Mary Alice Bits Jackson. Is that a name? (laughs) Yeah, she's a a ghost sign blogger. Oh, cool. Uh, She says, a ghost sign's missing letters and rough swaths of obliteration are the key to its rich history and its mystique. Agreed. So part of the beauty is in the patina. Patina. The peeling and the revealing of layers. Peeling and revealing. Listen peeling to you. Peeling and revealing. <laughs> <laughs> That'll that be a an- t-shirt. Watch our merch section. <laughs> ghost signs. Uh, so peeling in- and revealing. <laughs> <laughs> so ghost signs are all around the world. Yes. Uh, they tend to be better preserved in areas that don't get a ton of direct sun. Yeah, so north facing is yeah. a big one. Yeah. Uh, in Butte, Montana, mm-hmm. the Historic Preservation Office made a proposal to repaint the city's ghost signs. Ooh. And they were going to have mural artists and sign painters okay. repaint the existing ghost signs in town. Yeah. And uh, it was met by opposition mm. by locals who objected to the Disneyfication of the town. <laughs> Yes. And the lack of public consultation. So I guess the point is ghost signs are considered by the people who love and treasure them to be a form of art. Mm -hmm. And we all know what happens when people repaint art. (laughs) Case in point. We've seen some scary restoration projects. (laughs) But also it it takes away, it completely destroys the patina, but then it takes away from the, the ghostiness. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, because if there's layering, 
You're not going to repaint the layering. So you're only going to repaint probably the newest right thing. So you're going to remove maybe the, what are we going to call it? Ghosted image? Background yeah, image? But like older the, image? I can't think of the word. Traces of the older like, image? It's like a sequence of signs. Yeah. Layer? And, <laughs> layer. <laughs> but you're going to remove all the things. Yeah. And it's also kind of confusing because if you had, like we go through the exchange and we see old faded signs for different things, we don't necessarily assume that those are current businesses. Right. Right. So I'm not going to go to that building and look for that particular brand of ham. That's right. To be produced there because there's or stomach ham powder on the building. Yeah. Stomach powder. <laughs> I got a case of the vapors. I need some help. Um, in York, England, the repainting of a sign for bile beans. You can just hold your thoughts on that name. Bile? Like B I L E. B I L E beans. Uh, provoked reactions both extreme. Uh, calling it an act of public vandalism, acerbic, like an old friend having bad plastic surgery. Also widespread praise for the job that was done. Oh, my goodness. So, so some people liked sprucing up the bile beans ad. <laughs> and uh, a lot of people were like, oh, no, not on the mark. Don't if only like there it. was a non-destructive way. If only. If only. <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> and there's another, I recommend everyone goes to the ghost signs uk blog oh okay uh sam roberts who runs that blog Mm -hmm. points out that these signs exist at an intersection of public and private interests definitely so they're hosted on the walls of private properties yeah you would think the building owner could do with them what they wish but the public also feels a sense of ownership they certainly would because they become a part of the fabric right of the cityscape right I wonder if there was a time when they were considered an eyesore. Uh, well, actually, I think, yeah, probably. Yeah. Like they're just there and they're confusing. That brings me to Portland artist, Craig Winslow. Oh. Uh, he has found a brilliant, pun intended, <laughs> way to keep and highlight, pun intended, oh, the God. beauty and artistry of the original ghost signs without painting or covering the signs. And you know what I'm talking it, about? I think you're talking about light capsules. That's correct. Capsules. The light capsule installations are lighting up ghost signs on buildings in Cincinnati, Detroit, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Portland, Washington, D.C., London, England, and Winnipeg. <laughs> to name a few. To name a few. I think there's others. <laughs> uh, the light capsules are... A series of projection-mapped light installations that reanimate historical ghost signage. Yeah. And in the process, they engage local communities around these fading artifacts. They certainly do. So that's exciting. Um, basically, what it is, is each light capsule is a recreation of the original ghost sign or signs, mm-hmm. which I know you're dying to talk about, uh, projected over the existing painted sign. What do you mean I'm dying to talk about? Well, you want to talk about the... Word that you keep trying to talk about. This is oh, your big chance. Yeah, it's true. So what's the word for many signs painted at one oh, spot? Are you referring to palimpsests? <laughs> I think I am. I said it wrong. Palimpsest. Pa- it, it, it's palimpsest. There are consonants pal- in there that shouldn't be in there. So a palimpsest. 
is a manuscript <laughs> or a piece of writing material on which the original writing has been effaced uh-huh. to make room for later writing, but of which traces remain. So in the case of the ghost signs, it's layers of signs showing through from time layers past. of signs. Yeah. Up to two, maybe three. We don't know. Yeah. Several. Two for sure in some of the examples we have. It's kind of fascinating when you look at signs where the second layer is showing through. Where yeah. there's traces of the top layer. How those signs have faded. Totally. Because you would think that like one layer would just cover and that would be the end of that. Mm-hmm. Not the case. You'd be wrong. You'd be wrong. So Craig Winslow's work here in Winnipeg. Yeah. And a good example of a palimpsest. A palimpsest. Thank you. <laughs> uh, features Milady Chocolates and Porter and Company on a building at 165 McDermott. Yeah. And uh, Craig's partner, I should mention for the Winnipeg pieces, is local ghost sign expert Matt Cohen. Who is a brand strategist and urban archaeologist. That's a fact. He's a creative director and, and many creative things. Yeah. An author and tour guide. He's all the things. What else can we say about him? We should have had him on. He's a Winnipegger. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> I will say, uh, Rena Ricci, the heritage planner, did suggest that we talk to him. Well, we should have. <laughs> We'll do that on a follow-up episode. <laughs> that's right. Or when he sues us for this episode. Oh, no, he will he can come on and correct all the things that we say that's wrong, like palimpsest. Psst, you're obsessed <laughs> with palimpsest. <laughs> um, so Craig and Matt's project here in Winnipeg debuted in 2017. Yes. One night only, and it was the last night of the Winnipeg Fringe and the first Saturday of the Canada Summer Games. So it was a big night in Winnipeg. Cool. And they debuted five ghost signs, including one of my favorites, Ham. Mm-hmm. And like I said, that was for one night only. But good news for listener, the Milady Chocolates ad was recently resurrected and will run until at least 2030. Meaning it's a permanent installation now until 2030. Permanent until 2030. So it will run every night. From dusk until midnight. It doesn't make sense to run it during the day. <laughs> You'd have to have really powerful projectors for and that. And it uses seven projectors. Seven. Seven. Wow. So we went to see it. We did. And we do have to say that not all seven projectors were operating that night. No, unfortunately, we were missing a little bit of it. But we didn't know we were missing it <laughs> until after the fact. We were suitably in awe. We were. One thing that we should mention, though, was that that first project in mm-hmm. 2017 was called Painted in Light. That's true. Um, so when we went to see the Milady Chocolates ad yep. on McDermott, we found that the best view for it, and we don't condone trespassing, but the best view of the sign or the best place to view it uh, was at the parking garage across the street, the parkade. So if you climb to the top floor, you get a beautiful view of the Milady Chocolate sign and another notable ghost sign. The yeah. Ashdown Warehouse sign. Yeah. Which, which has been cool. repainted. That one has, I think, been repainted. It's very vivid. Mm-hmm. But also, the thing is, the definition of the ghost signs being that it's for a product or a thing that is no longer there, that condo building is still called Ashdown Warehouse. Yeah. So maybe it's a gray area or well, a black and white painted they're, area. They're not, <laughs> <laughs> they're not selling hardware out of the building any longer. No. So, and the company isn't 
still operating. But it's part of the aesthetic for the building. I think that the sign on the Ashdown Warehouse building is a big part of the building. It is. It's an integral part. It's an integral part of the building. Um, So you have mentioned that urban archaeologist Matt Cohen is all of those many things. Uh, He wrote the book Ghost Signs, an Exchange District Walking Tour. He did. And he also operates an Exchange District Walking Tour. (laughs) He did. Does. Does. But I think you have to go to his website at ghostsigns.ca. Yes. To get uh, deets and dates, we're going to say. Sure. We have a new feature on the show called Deets and Dates. (laughs) (laughs) The whole show is Deets and Dates. Have you been to his site? I have. It's great. There's uh, info about ghost signs. There's some cool animations. Well, and I think you kind of missed one of of his bigger, or one other of his projects. Yes. Which was the Stobart projection in 2022. Okay. In the sequence of events was that in 2017, he did Painted in Light. Yep. Then in 2022, they did the Stobart Project, mm-hmm. which was, we're going to put all these on yeah. social media. And so that one's on King. See. Yeah. And then and then came the Porter and Milady ghost yes. sign installation. Yes. Okay. The other thing I thought was great about Matt's site yeah. was that there was a lot in there about his process. Yeah. How he finds the ghost signs and researches the ghost signs. Yep. Um, and he said that the internet is very much his friend. <laughs> he did. In, in this process. It's kind of like us. Yeah. <laughs> in researching. These. And he said that instead of uh, looking for, I guess, instead of looking for information directly about that project, he'll look at old photographs of the area. Mm. And scan about for uh, traces of signs and then kind of zero in on those. Yeah. Um, And one thing that I thought was really cool is he also uses eBay and Etsy. Yeah. To get additional information. It is cool. And it's a good source, actually, of a lot of old Winnipeg photographs. Right. In the case of the ham sign, he actually tracked down and bought a can of SX ham. (laughs) Yes. And uh, Craig was able to use high resolutions of the can to create an interactive 3D model, which they used when they created the the ham sign. Did you play with it? No. Because on his website, there's the, a 3D version of the tin of ham, and you can rotate the tin of ham. I love that sign so yeah. much. <laughs> ham. <laughs> um, what I liked about our tour, so we did a tour on a Saturday morning, Sunday morning. Oh, it was a Monday morning. A Monday morning? We did our tour on a holiday Monday morning. That's right. It was a Monday morning. So the exchange and uh, surrounding areas were dead. It was, yeah. Which was nice for us. Walking about aimlessly. Businesses weren't open anyways. That's right. So we're not going to say that the lack of traffic was hindering any downtown businesses. We had trouble, in fact, finding a place to get something to eat. And the people in the exchange on a holiday Monday are hilarious. They're absolutely a riot. A riot. Like, everyone's a comedian on every corner. (laughs) This poor girl's car alarm (laughs) kept going off because her battery was dead in her remote. (laughs) And she was getting heckled. (laughs) She was getting heckled. (laughs) (laughs) And she was taking it so well. She was. Um, And also, entertaining. A guy brought an amp and a guitar to the Cube and put on his own little guitar concert. He just had a one... 
one man concert. He was wailing on it. Yeah. Actually, I think he took a really cool photo of that. I did. I should put it on our socials. I at I, Made From Pod. <laughs> Do it. Um. So what I enjoyed about our our time together, not just because it was time that we could spend together. Uh, not even because of that. Was going back through the photos that we took. Oh. Prompted me to learn more about the buildings that we saw. Oh, neato. Yeah. So it's a good jumping off point for learning about different Winnipeggy things. You know what I liked about it? Hanging out with me. That, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, when you start to look for the ghost signs, They're you everywhere. begin to see them everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And it, they, like ghosts, <laughs> seem to materialize around you everywhere you look. Do you know what it felt like to me a little bit? What? And not having played this myself, I don't know. Felt a little bit like Pokemon Go. <laughs> yeah, we were... Like, really. We were stumbling into traffic, it's true. And the more <laughs> ghost signs we found, yeah. the more we wanted to find. Yeah. And we were finding them in surprising places. We were in alleyways and mm-hmm. high well, We started buildings. off just off Notre Dame. Yeah. Right? And we did like a little... Oh, back in in that William area and yeah. by the HSC? Yeah. Like we found a few there. Yeah. Um, and those were just, we weren't even planning to go there, but we saw them and chased them down. Yeah. Uh, and then we focused mainly on the exchange district. Right. Both sides of Maine and a little bit of Chinatown. Yeah. Which was also a good source for <laughs> ghost signage. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to know anything fun that I found out about the buildings that we looked at? I do. Okay, so Milady Chocolates. Yeah. Uh, the Galpern Candy Company was the home of Milady Chocolates, founded in 1907 by Louis Galpern. Uh, it was the third oldest candy manufacturer in Winnipeg. Third oldest. Yeah. Cool. So, so there were there were even older. Candy yeah. manufacturers in Winnipeg. I'm guessing the Morton's. Nutty Club. <laughs> <laughs> Those might speculate. be one and two, wildly. <laughs> yeah. Um, their confectionery caught on, and the family company grew into a large operation, moving from Jarvis Street to 165 McDermott Avenue in 1943, where it stayed in business for 30 years. And they have ghost signs on their building as well. Yes. Or are those the ghost signs you're referring to? I'm assuming yes. you're referring to the Those are the ones the we looked at. The Milady. The Milady chocolates. They were home of Milady chocolates. Okay. So you're not talking about the McDermott sign. 165 McDermott. That was the home of Galpern Candies. So Galpern has their name on another building. It, it is its own ghost sign as well. That name. Okay. Is on another building. And I want to say it's over in the William area. Close to Jarvis? I don't know where might Jarvis be. is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that could be. That might be the other location. That could be the original location. Yeah. So, um, and that's kind of a neat sign, actually. The yeah. Galpern one. Yeah. Um, the other interesting one. Do you remember? We took a picture of a ghost sign. And it looked vaguely like the GE logo. And it was. And it was. Do you know about yes, the building? I do. No. I don't know about the building. Oh, let me tell you. Please do. Okay. The Canadian General Electric Company opened its new facility at 265 Notre Dame Avenue on the 1st of February, 1931. 1931. Okay. 1931. So 265 Notre Dame. 
Uh, the new building, five stories tall and with a full basement, it was constructed to house a ground floor showroom, second floor offices, and storage space. It is faced on three sides with TP Mocha Brick. That's T E E P E E <laughs> Mocha Brick. TP Mocha Brick. TP Mocha Brick with a Tyndall limestone base and parapet and polished blue granite lower level. Huh. Cool. So fancy. Yeah. Uh, it represents one of the few large-scale Manitoba buildings designed in an Art Deco idiom. So 265 Notre Dame is a really cool-looking building in the artist's sketch that I'm finding. Right. It's beautiful. Well, let me tell you about it. Please do. It was erected <laughs> <laughs> at a cost of $225,000, built by contractors Carter Halls Aldinger, uh, architects were Northwood and Chivers. Chivers? Okay. Chivers? Okay. Uh, they were a well-established local firm known for a pioneering Manitoba embrace of modern Art Deco aesthetics. Cool. That sounds very GE. It does sound very GE, doesn't it? Yeah. Now, do you remember? And it doesn't, the building doesn't look as old as it is. No, but it's quite old. It's coming up on, coming up on 100 years. Yeah. Uh, Kate, do you remember standing in the parking lot, staring up at the sign? Yeah, I do. And we all said, is that a gas genie? Yeah. Okay, it is. It was. Like the Centra gas genie? In 1954, GE relocated to a space in St. James, and the building came to host the Winnipeg and Central Gas Company. Oh. So that's a perfect example of a flirtatifist. A, a palimpsest? Thank you. <laughs> but that goes to show that if you do a little bit of research, just based on one little ghost sign, a whole world opens up to you. And you get to see Art Deco buildings in Winnipeg. Well, and it's kind of neat, too, because there is so precious little left of that ghost sign. But you could see enough mm -hmm. to see both GE and the genie. Yes. That's They're so like cool. melded. Yeah. In a way. So you yeah. can't see enough of one or the other. Yeah. Like <laughs> to make you, a real distinction, but they're both there. You look at it and you go, is that GE? And the genie? Is that the genie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was worth doing some research on. That's cool. I thought that was kind of cool. That is cool. Um, did you have any other favorites from our tour? Not from our tour, but I do have favorites from the website. Oh. Apparently someone wasn't paying attention on the tour. Well, I think, you know, I what I found it particularly interesting when we like fell into that back lane and just found yeah, additional ghost signs. I think from that back lane, if you just stood in one spot and turned 360 degrees, there were ghost signs on every everything that you could see. Yeah. It was super cool. What are your favorites, Roy? Can I tell you what my favorites are? <laughs> um, did you notice the pitch riders clothing sign? No. With the gentleman? I didn't. I think just behind that GE building and okay. looking up. Uh, Pitch, Riders. Pitch Riders clothing. Yeah. Uh, it's partially covering the Victoria Leather Jacket Company sign. Mm, okay. So they painted over half the sign. That's weird, eh? It's weird. Can you imagine but just being like a sign painter? It's just like, well, I'm going up that ladder and <laughs> here I am. I don't care what's there the before me. The sign's happening now and uh, here. This is at 290 McDermott. Okay. Pitch Riders was manufactured by Canadian Shirt and Overall. 
<laughs> and should you wish to own some Pitch Riders clothing, there are dead stock items listed <gasps> on Etsy right now. No way. You can get yourself a nice Pitch Riders work shirt. I would like that. Mm-hmm. Some pants, some slacks, some trousers. 30-inch waist should be no problem for either one of us. <laughs> uh, the other one I really like is Pro Auto. And that's the one that has the giant wrench. Yes. Moving the O into position. Yes. Right. Yeah. We're both making the wrench. <laughs> International symbol for wrench. <laughs> and then, of course, the Wellington sign, which. Oh, yeah. It's not an ancient sign. No. But it's so iconic. I have pictures of that from my grade 10 photo project. Yeah. When I went to the exchange and took pictures and. I was besotted <laughs> by the you Wellington sign. Of course, Wellington's being a long-running punk music venue. <laughs> right. In St. Charles Hotel? I want to say St. Mm. Charles. Mm. Remember that sign? Yeah. We saw that sign? Yeah. And then if you go around the corner is the entrance into Wellington's. Yeah. That you, sketchy little yeah. staircase. Charles. St. Charles? I think. Yeah. Ish. People walking. I, listener will... Punk listener will correct us. <laughs> Punk Shaney. listener's just getting up. <laughs> Shaney. Shaney, we need, we need you to Shaney chip help. in. <laughs> um, my favorites, which we didn't see. Oh, sorry. Was okay. that your whole list? That's my whole list. I just like three things on that whole. Well, and the hamburger I ate that day as well. <laughs> it was good. Shout out to Newburger. <laughs> um, my, uh, my favorite is the Miller and Richard type foundry at 121 Princess. Okay. Um, because they were best known as the inventors of the Bookman font. The Bookman font, you say? The one that is available right now? Literally right Microsoft now. Microsoft Word? Yeah. So <gasps> I like that. Isn't that cool? That is so cool. So the, the actual uh, sign, there's there's two ghost signs on the building at mm-hmm. 121 Princess. Um, neither of them are much, but the history I think is really cool. Okay. Uh, then at 222... Was Mac- that the history? You hit me with the, the full history? Well, just... There's plenty the more Bookman history, font. but the Bookman font. Can, what was the, the name of them? Uh, Miller and Richard Type Foundry. Okay. I also... I'm looking through my thing to see if... Uh, I like a thing called a foundry. We didn't see it that day. Okay. Because there were a couple of times when you sent me out of the vehicle. <laughs> I, there are lots of times, actually. And I don't have any of those pictures. <laughs> I have all of those. I'm gatekeeping right now. Uh, my other favorite, another one we didn't see. Uh-huh. Uh, was 222 McDermott Ave, um, Wilson Stationery Company. Now, oh, Wilson for the obvious reason. Being uh, a name of your family, in your family. <laughs> Unfortunately, they spell it with two L's. <sighs> they didn't know. So weird. They're learning to spell. Get the L out of there. That's all I can say. <laughs> uh, and, of course, Stationery Company. So that um, that's my faves. Those are your faves. Yeah. Um, those are pretty cool. Thanks. I think we're going to post a bunch of these. No. <laughs> Thanks for the validation. We're going to post a bunch of these on our pods. Yeah, let's um, do it. I think everyone is probably familiar with the ones on the Hotel McLaren. Yeah. It's kind of a classic. Um, the new Red River campus in the exchange has some cool ghost signs. Yep. Uh, a couple of which they have painted over themselves, which vandalism, Whoa. we don't know. Whoa. They own the building. That goes into that Except I have things to tell you about that. About Red River? No, about Heritage, the Heritage Planner and ghost signs in our city specifically. Oh. Okay. The other one I really liked was the Pollen's Puffs 
Oh, yeah. The Pollen's Cookie Company. Yeah. Um, just because of the personal connection, my dad supplied with them with some equipment. That's so cool. Back when Pollen's was still making those delicious marshmallow puffs. Are you a fan? Oh, you don't like them? I don't like them. Oh, come on. Really? I like the chocolate and I like the bottom. So do you, do you, um, I would pull take that marshmallow cookie. off and. Really? I would pull the marshmallow off. The marshmallow could go away. See, in the hierarchy of like, don't like. Suck the jam out. Oh. And then eat the cookie. <laughs> <laughs> I will take the cookie in my hand and bite the marshmallow off because I want to eat it and get it out of the way. I still want to eat it. but Would I you give get... me the cookie? No. Like if we ate a box of these together? No, oh. because I'm looking forward to the cookie. You eat the best part last. So I would bite the marshmallow off and then eat the cookie the and cookie the jam. The is your reward for, for putting in my time. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. I think now they're Viva Puffs. Is that the same company? Or no. is that just, that's the now version? I think they're version. like made by Dare or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I also noticed when we were looking at the Pollen's sign, the ghost signs, mm -hmm. that we were on Pollen Street. No way. Yeah, we were. Oh, that's cool. I didn't notice that at all. You failed to mention that. Well, I was outside the car and you had all the windows up and you weren't letting me in. I was shouting at you to hurry up. <laughs> You're shouting, get off the road. <laughs> um, and another thing I noticed when we were just over here in the, let's call it the East Exchange. We shall. The Great West Electric and Radio Company. Yes. Okay. They're at 110 James Avenue. Yeah. On the side of the building... There is a small ghost sign that says yeah. 110 Damon Avenue. Oh. And on the back of the building, it says 110 Avenue. Like they fully tried to paint the word James over Damon, hoping <laughs> that no one would notice. <laughs> so did you by any chance go look at the streets to see if Damon was the name? Well, I'm sure it was if it was painted on the building. Right? Like, like that. As this is a visual medium listener, I'm showing Pete to my phone. And then look at how they kind of altered that sign. <laughs> Terrible. Terribly. It looks like the original paint is better than the new paint. It does actually. Right? The there might be a reason have for a that. Lasting, maybe. Yeah, that I have here. But they matched up some fonts. Yeah, well, we'll give them props for that. Okay. Oh, you have a fact? You have a fun fact? Well, I have some. Okay. Many of these signs date back to the 1880s. Oh, that sounds like the beginning of Winnipeg itself. It, it in fact is. <laughs> sure. Well-timed. <laughs> um, and so some of them are over a century and a half old. That's crazy. So I want you to keep that in mind when I tell you what I learned from the Heritage Planner. <gasps> I'm so glad that you do research. Well, you did a lot more than I did. Well, you actually made a call. I Googled. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we actually explored the option of painting the James F. Pump House sign on the building. You yourself, when you were doing your thing. Like when we were developing the restaurant. You're speaking for yourself here. Yeah. Yes. When we were developing the restaurant, we were looking at the possibility of painting in the spirit of an old timey sign. We were thinking oh. of painting the James Avenue Pump House restaurant sign oh. on the building a fake ghost sign if you will yeah well okay. or like a a real sign <laughs> a, a, an actual sign a real painted sign <laughs> um and um so we reached out to the heritage planner um to talk about what that would entail 
uh-huh. because that building is protected by the heritage planner. But this was the response we received from the city. Okay. So painting a, a sign is not their first preference due to the paint layering on brick faces that can lead to spalling and deterioration. Judging from art murals on masonry buildings in the downtown area, paint typically lasts less than a decade and peeling paint can create moisture problems and cause deterioration. Also, paint typically behaves differently when applied to mortar than a smooth finished brick, which can lead to different rates of peeling over time. Now, that sort of explains some of that wearing that we see. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, uh, she noted that removal can become very problematic. Because you can't just blast it off the side of the building? Yeah, without damaging the brick. Um, She said any paint considered for these applications must be vapor permeable. Okay. Because we want the bricks to continue to breathe. Right. Um, old paints used linseed oil at its base. I was just going to say, like old paints. Yeah. They had some different ingredients. And the latex paints in general that are used today tend to be less vapor permeable and are not recommended for that reason. Hmm. So we thought, well, we should paint the sign on because then we're not drilling into the mortar, which would be our other option. Yeah. Um, painting was not, not the preferred option from the heritage planner. Interesting. Now here, so it's kind of interesting in the context of, so she indicated that the paint, newer paints typically last a decade. Mm -hmm. So now think about that. That we have 150 year old painted signs. Yeah. That are still, for the most part, legible. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? That is incredible. Um, The other thing that I learned, so I was watching an interview with Matt Cohen. Okay. And uh, he had indicated that um, that the ghost signs in Winnipeg are protected by the Heritage Planner. And that's actually what prompted me to call her. Right. Because he indicated that they are character-defining elements. But what I wanted to know is, does, does that mean they all are? Or, or you know, what's the score? It was, or only on protected buildings? Or Yeah. And that's what what is the score? (laughs) The score is um, (laughs) if a building has been designated by the heritage planner and if it does have a ghost sign, the ghost sign becomes protected. Interesting. So there are ghost signs that are on buildings that are not protected. And those ghost signs are not protected. Okay. Owners can, if they wish, have their own buildings designated in order to protect protect those signs and the heritage planner would encourage that they don't necessarily want you to wait for the city to to come and designate a building so um or or rather they would have your as an owner you would nominate your own building right well in the research that i was doing i did find one example of a real estate listing and it was a residential property but it had a ghost sign painted on it cool and they were selling that like that was one of the selling features feature. yeah yeah like it has this historic seven up <laughs> ghost sign or whatever that's so cool yeah that's kind of neat um but also in saying that um the um the recommended approach if you are an owner of a building with a ghost sign is not to restore it the rec oh. the heritage planners recommended approach is not to restore it they want you to just let it weather just let it continue to weather and perhaps have a projection applied to it at some point. So that, yeah, that's be, that being the non-destructive way of reviving the sign or refreshing the sign would be uh, to only see it at night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
um, and to refresh it through projection. That's kind of cool. I saw another one um, somewhere in the States where an Urban Outfitters had moved into a building that had a ghost sign. Okay. They didn't touch the ghost sign itself, but they painted the facade of the building to look like almost an extension of the ghost sign and then painted Urban Outfitters in the same style. Cool. So it was like a fraudulent ghost sign. Neato. But then you have to wonder what's going to happen to that when Urban Outfitters moves out. In 10 years. Right? (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of cool. One other thing that I found that I thought was really neat was a documentary called Writing on the Wall. Did you see this? No. So um, one of the links provided on the website, Mm -hmm. which we keep referring to, which is... Matt's ghost, yeah. Matt's website, ghostsigns.ca. Ghostsigns. Ghost thank you. <laughs> um, so one of the links um, is to a, a, a 2018 documentary celebrating Winnipeg's collection of fading ads called Writing on the Wall, which is about the craft of advertising, the oh, art of sign painting. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know that one. And the science of digital restoration. And the video, the full film, which is over just over 34 minutes, is actually available on YouTube uh, and it's a great walk through some of the historic issues ar- around sign painting. Some of the issues that um, that sign painters are facing today mm-hmm. because fewer and fewer businesses are looking to have a hand-painted sign. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they do talk to the traveling sign painters. I was just going to give a shout out to the traveling sign painters. We should. Have you use their services for anything i have not but i will now have have you i have i had a set of signs painted for a local brewery ah excellent they did them in that classic sign painter font and did just an extraordinary job like it is a dying art i think because you think about at the, the time of painting signs on buildings and signs on windows one thing that um so Joe and Bridget are the traveling sign painters. See, and they um, they speak in that documentary with their mentor, mm-hmm. and uh, he talks about how when you're painting a sign, you are on the wall, mm-hmm. and you have paint, and you have brushes, and you have a wall, <laughs> and you can it's almost meditative yeah you can go about your work and do your thing uh as opposed to in stark contrast sitting in your office with your phone ringing yeah and doing digital drawings and the phone keeps ringing and the drawings keep having to be produced and the pace of life is completely different and the 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 true art seems to be layered with so many other parts of life that you can't appreciate it in the same way Mm mm-hmm I believe that they were originally, I don't know if this is true, but the traveling sign painters, I think originally did all of their traveling by bike. Yes. With a, with a trailer, a wooden trailer. That was their thing. Their brushes and their things and supplies and things. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. They're fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. And I follow a couple different sign painters on Instagram. Oh yeah. And it's just, it's very meditative to just watch. Oh Yeah. That's cool. I like watching so, lettering being done. So when you hired uh, Joe and Bridget, did you get to meet them? Joe. Oh, cool. Joe. I went up to their studio, which is in the exchange, Yeah. Uh, with my stack of wooden pieces. <laughs> and we had to figure out which pieces went which way. 
because oh. um, we were having them all the multi-directional sign. yeah like a, a directional sign so it was all a bunch of different canadian breweries and local breweries and their distance from winnipeg <laughs> and then we had to figure out which direction these signs had to face cool and uh they just he did such a great job yeah i'm really, a fan really of cool. that sign um so also something i noticed when i was looking at the wikipedia entry mm-hmm Considering something you said at the top of the show is that Winnipeg has one of the densest collections. collections. Mm-hmm. Um, something I noticed when I looked at the Wikipedia site, for ghost signs, Winnipeg isn't mentioned. So Canada is. Mm-hmm. Winnipeg is not. Okay. And um, there are no Winnipeg examples on the site. So I think for those of you who like to edit Wikipedia, head in there. Winnipeg is... One of the densest cities in North America. Yeah. So what did I say? 20 blocks, 150 signs? Yeah. 150 plus? Because some signs might be three signs. We don't know. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I think that's something absolutely worth uh, including in the Wikipedia entry. I really like to see a building that has a lot of signs on the side, kind of like an old Yellow Pages page. Oh, yeah. Young Rebecca doesn't know what we're talking about. It used to be a phone book primarily for businesses. <laughs> and <laughs> Made it was, up of little ads. <laughs> and it was... <laughs> it looked just like that. Printed on paper. Paper. Yellow paper, in Yellow fact. Yellow paper. Hence the name. <laughs> Even back in the olden days when everything was in black and white. <laughs> That's right. Can I give you a fun fact? Please. Or are you, do- are you done with your... I don't think I'm done, but okay. give her. Well, no, I, I could wait forever. Um, are you familiar <laughs> with the Child's Building? <laughs> yes. 211 Portage Avenue does not exist anymore. It's gone. Oh. Oh. It was a 12-story building at the northwest corner of Portage and Main. Yes. I'm familiar with the building. It was torn down in 1988. Yes. Yes. It was designed by architect J.H.G. Russell. (laughs) We actually talked about the child's building already. I think we have. Uh, It was built for lumber merchant John Duncan MacArthur between 1909 and 1910. Friend of the pod. Uh, at a cost of $400,000 by the construction firm of Carter Halls and Aldinger, who we've also just talked about. Yep. Uh, worksite operations were overseen by architect Robert Wilson, because I know you like to Probably mention Wilson. family. Yeah. Probably. Um, here's the thing about the child's building. Shortly after its demolition, my father had a fireplace built in his home <gasps> using reclaimed brick. Yeah. And he was told that that brick had come from the child's building. So cool. And one of the bricks in the fireplace was painted black from the child's building ghost sign. Oh, it was in the original sign. Yes. That's so cool. Like the building was taken down. Some of the bricks were painted. One of the painted bricks from the child's building sign ended up on my dad's fireplace. Oh, that is incredible. Isn't that cool? Very cool. So if anyone uh, has a house in Island Lakes with one black brick on your fireplace, you have a little piece of history there. Hopefully they didn't just go and paint the rest of them they black. They probably literally peeled off that remaining linseed oil-based You know it was in paint. the ground floor of the child's building? Ding walls. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted you to say it. <laughs> I'm going to do an episode entirely about places with funny names. <laughs> oh, I'm into it. 
We'll start with the peck building and move on to Dingwalls. <laughs> and head straight over to Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> okay, what else we got? Mm. Did you know that, well, in the U.S., but I've also heard it was used here. Sure. The uh, painters of these signs were referred to as wall dogs. Not only have I heard that, remember when I was telling you about the controversial plan in Butte, Montana to yeah. repaint yeah. the ghost signs? Yeah. There was a collective of artists that was kind of chosen to do this work. Okay. Had it been done, and they were called the wall dogs. I feel like uh, Wiener Peg should come up with a menu item called wall dog. Don't you think that would be a cool part? Because then people would be like, why is it called a wall dog? And then you could be like, well, let me tell you about an episode of Made From What's Left about ghost signs. It's episode 32. You should have a listen and learn more. Even better, every wall dog should come with a QR code <laughs> that takes them to the podcast episode. <gasps> that would be... <laughs> <laughs> Coming soon. We got to go stop and talk Slow to Wiener Peck on our yeah, way home. We're doing right? that. <laughs> And we want a page dog and a Rebecca dog and a young Rebecca dog, which is just an undercooked dog. We don't undercooked. Know. <laughs> the, the regular Rebecca dog would be like aged cheese. Is that the hot or not? A lot of aged cheese. Hot or not dogs. That was weird. At the arena. Oh, um, I have another fun fact that I forgot about. Oof. So in order. <laughs> that means go. <laughs> Um, in, or, in order for a building to be nominated mm -hmm. for the Heritage Planner's list of resources, sure, it need only be 40 years old. It need not be 100? It need not be 100. How old? 40. So we could have nominated ourselves like we years have, ago? We have character-defining elements that could be nominated. I sure do. <laughs> Cue the music. Oh. <laughs> God, you're fired. <laughs>